Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. We have a very special guest on today, all the way from Israel. You know, my heart is for Israel. Uh, David Green is a rabbi in Israel, teaching and counseling and various educational programs. He's been doing this for over 30 years. He's also a talented musician and composer who's worked with some of the most famous names in music. He's an award-winning film producer on top of that. He's the winner of the Cable Ace Award for his film, Deadly Currents, and also won an award at the Health and Medical Film Festival for his movie, Home Safe, which was also picked up and distributed by Disney. To top off all that, he's the director of The Real You Project and the author of two great books. The first is titled A Book About You, and his most recent release is Pictures of Your Soul. In addition, he just released a new music album titled Empty Spaces. Praise God. Help me welcome to the program, Rabbi David Green. Rabbi Green, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the program today. I do appreciate it. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with, other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Rabbi David Green? Uh, no, that's that's too hard a question. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I uh, ask it. <laughs> well, I, I grew up actually in Toronto originally. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I was very involved in the music business by at 16 years old. Um, I, uh, I, after a certain amount of time of being in the music business, I went to college, then I came to Israel. I have, uh, eight kids, 16 grandkids and, uh, and I live, I, I, I became a rabbi and I primarily teach students to have very, very limited background. So I answer all the tough questions and, uh, and help people, uh, recognize that the world that's telling them that there's no God is actually wrong and that there's a, a beautiful world here and a beautiful soul within them. And, uh, that's been my, my message. Uh, and, uh, I, I help people do that through my music, through my videos and through my books and through speaking. Amen. Amen. Uh, as we mentioned, you were successful or are successful actually, because you're still doing it in the music industry. But what made you decide to become a, an observant religious person and then to enter the rabbinical priesthood? Okay, well, that's that's an important question because it, it demonstrates a certain important spiritual transition that I think that um, most people could find in their life if they look out for it. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, when I was 16, uh, everything to me was about being successful in, in music. And I come from somewhat of a jazz background, a little bit of an artsy, uh, arrogance to it. Um, you know, like pop music was, you know, considered like, you know, a lower class music. Um, and, uh, I was very immersed in that. And, um, by the time 
uh, I was 17, I, my, basically my life had become so much about music that there wasn't very much else going on. And, and, and my whole thrust of life was about becoming successful. And, uh, my mother actually sat me down at one point and she said, David, um, I want you to sit down, which was hard for me to do on its own. Besides the fact that I've been blessed with ADHD, uh, I, I, um, she sat me down and said, I want to make you a cup of tea. I said, a cup of tea. I mean, like herbal tea with hardly any flavor in it, you know? Um, and so she, she sat me down and she heated up the tea hot enough that I couldn't just gulp it down in a second. And she put it in front of me and I'm just like, like, what are you doing, mom? You know, she says, David, I want you to taste the tea. And I'm thinking, taste the tea. First of all, there's hardly any flavor in this, but there was also something missing. There was missing the person to taste the tea. The person who had to taste the tea was too busy running after Hollywood. And I was so disconnected from myself because a vision that I adopted through uh, role models, uh, superficial idols of, of, of who I wanted to be, that I had, in a sense, lost myself in that. And uh, when I was 18, I was in California recording an album because there, there was a, a better musicians and uh, we wanted, I was doing R&B music and um, we, we had a, a really, really amazing producer arranger there who had run, who had won numerous Grammy awards for previous albums. And he was working with on, us on this album and he was nominated for a Grammy, but couldn't accept it because he was busy with some other album. So at the time, as an 18 year old, he was intrigued by me in this in this position. And he asked me if I would accept his Grammy on his behalf. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, what an honor. You know, that's amazing. You know, and uh, he told me to rent, rent a tuxedo and his limousine picked me up. But, you know, I, I, I wasn't such a performer, you know, other than more improv improvisational jazz music. And to stand up in front of thousands of people and millions of people watching television, I just had this terrible fear and anxiety that I was going to go up there and forget his name, you know, like... Like, I want, I want to, uh, thank you on behalf of, uh, gosh, you know, and just my fear would cause me to look like a total fool. And the fear of looking as a total fool was so much greater than the pleasure of going up there that I began to pray that he would lose. Oh. Now I wasn't religious, but th that was, must've been my first prayer. I was like, God, please don't make him win. I'm like... And, and, uh, thank God he didn't win, but, <laughs> but if you're a VIP and you have a, a nominee to you're a nominee for, for an award, you get to go to this special party afterwards. And this party was in this big hotel and in each ballroom was another theme. They had the Count Basie's orchestra. They had a disco room and there was one room, room with television monitors all around. And it was playing the Grammys for people in the industry to watch their artists and how they did on the Grammys. And while I was there, I saw a musician who was like my idol. He was an incredible jazz musician, but was very successful in the pop market without having to sacrifice his artistic integrity. That was my goal. Be an artist, but also be successful in the pop market. Amen. 
And I looked at this guy and I saw someone who looked very depressed. Mm. He was sitting there smoking a joint with another musician that I knew. And I don't want to mention this name, but he was, he just did not match the picture that I had been, was running after. There, my mother had to slow me down from running after something, but that something itself, when I actually saw somebody who actually actually was successful there, he looked so, so unlike anything I was really looking for and what would make me happy. Mm. And I said to myself, you know what? I better learn how to be happy and then use my music as an expression of that happiness, that Amen. expression of that person that, that deep down inside uh, is the real me, that real me. And that, be I, I knew that I had missed out on something by not going to college because, you know, I was in the music business. So I felt there was like a stage of life of growing up with people my age, just normal kids, you know. So I went to Bloomington, Indiana, where they have a very good music school there. And uh, I found all the music students were trying to still be like this guy that I saw I didn't want to be like. You know, they, they were they, they were like this whole artsy culture of, you know, if you're not unique and not different than everybody and not weird, then then you're not a true artist. Right. Mm. And that that was a religion of itself. It was like kind of an idol worship of of art. And uh, I, I just started to feel very uncomfortable with it. And I found certain contradictions within my own Jewish identity where certain things I practiced and certain things I didn't practice. And I found myself frustrated by why did I care that I didn't practice this, you know, if I don't believe it in any way. And I, I, what happened was I felt living on the fence was not a very happy place to be. Amen. And, and I, and I said, you know what, I gonna, I gotta go to Israel and speak to the people there that I know really believe in this stuff. And I'm going to either prove them wrong or they're going to prove me right. You know, like, mm -hmm. let me just address this issue of my, religious identity and uh and then from then on i can live a life that's consistent Amen. and um so i went to israel and i found myself in what's called called the yeshiva which is a school where we study basic judaism and um and all there was one guy who had done a thesis uh which was that there is no god that was his thesis and he had all the arguments to prove that there is no god and he was among us and he was like our ammunition against the rabbis because he had all the all the arguments and we watched every one of those arguments got shot down and it, it left a lot of people from that phase that i was there who also became religious and uh it it, it was a, a fascinating transition but what was really amazing is that during that period of time, as I was exploring who I was and getting down into my soul, into the true essence of who I was as a person, my music started sounding better than ever before because my music went through a transition of expressing somebody who is real, somebody who is not having to live up to some artsy kind of, you know, idolatry, not having to uh, prove myself as being inventive, but rather just allowing my soul to sing and create beautiful music from a place which is, in a sense, beyond my control. It's the soul that God gave me that was singing out. And so your music it, actually changed just from you 
immersing yourself into this this wisdom exactly and experience my first apartment was overlooking the western wall i was in the old city of jerusalem and and um and just waking up and looking around and seeing in you know 3000 years of history in front of me you know that the the temple mount didn't just appear there it wasn't just built there there was a whole life that of spirituality that came from that very place where i was living and i i uh found myself be, being asked more and more as a piano player to perform and i had a jazz band that i had there that we performed <clears throat> every saturday night uh in king david's tomb in the an area right next to where he was buried and um i got all these different gigs playing on different albums and stuff and like and i said whoa this is much better than music school you know <laughs> it's soul school let me be learn let me learn about my soul and then i can express that and it had i had an incredible uh, joy of tr of that transition that took place in my life but you can imagine how much it affected everything else in my life music is sort of an external expression of what's going on inside yeah. but just the decisions of uh, that i had to make about how i wanted to live my life where i would want to live you know what type of family i want to raise all those kinds of issues started surfacing and i began to really start on a very uh, what i would say is a much healthier path in life amen. because of that transition amen now you've written two books we're going to discuss pictures of the soul today but in your book you said that the soul of man is the candle of god and i i just oh, that that metaphor just jumped off the page at me can you explain that for us okay well that's from in hebrew it's called mishle I, i'm not sure uh it's uh, uh, what it's called in english but um it's from one of the prophets and um the the idea is that your your soul inside of you right is connected to the body and it's connected to the body we feel like our soul is in us right but it's very hard to point but where is where is it in us so there's this idea that the soul is connected to us through the blood that's why it says in the bible in a number of places dam hu hanefesh the blood is the soul which means that <clears throat> obviously the physical blood is not the soul it means that it's where the soul the lowest level of the soul is actually carried throughout the body and that's why we feel this like spiritual uh life that's that's burning within us all uh, all around you know from my from my toe to my head there's a a, a living person and um but there the 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 blood also has levels to it and the there's a more ethereal like abstract level of the blood which is the connector between the physical and the spiritual. That's where the lowest level of the soul connects to the highest level of the blood. Mm. And, and so in a way, that means the blood is like the wick of a candle. And you have the spiritual uh, soul, which is connected, but a, a candle is always rising up and it wants to reconnect with its source. Right. The soul is always rising up and wants to reconnect with God, which is the source. And yet 
God, just like the just like the candle, the the flame is not allowed to escape from the wick because otherwise there it wouldn't serve our needs of having light from it. So too, our soul is not leaving the body and until it's time for us to move on to the next world. And therefore, it's this burning of the soul that's connected to the wick of the body that's always rising up. And we can get in touch with that part of who we are if we tune into it and become much more aware internally through mindfulness or meditation. And uh, that's what we can discuss later. That's the, the name of my second album called Empty Spaces. Well, I'll, I'll explain that a little more to you later. Amen. Amen. You also discuss in your book that, well, can you just share the five different parts that make up the soul and explain these parts for us and how they all work together? I, okay. I, I thought that was intriguing. Well, in, in the, um, it, it, there's this idea that um, everything in the physical world is a reflection of the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. So there's no fluke that God created us with five fingers on each side. There's no, it's 10 fingers. And it's, it says in the creation of the world in, in Genesis that God, it says 10 times that God said there should be something and there was. That means he created it through speech, through these 10 statements. We see these 10 statements also being expressed in the 10 uh, plagues in Egypt. We see it in the 10 commandments, and we see it in what's called the 10 spherot, which are Kabbalistic uh, attributes of God. There's in, In my first book, I talk about three main attributes. Um, but and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob represent those. Um, but the idea is that there's a uh, s- there's a spiritual ten, and therefore there's a physical ten as well, which is my ten fingers that enables me to act out and do godly things through that. Okay, so when even though the soul is spiritual, it has um physical like attributes to it it's not physical but it has um the function of what the number five is so there are five levels of the soul nefesh ruach neshama chaya and nefida the three lower ones reside within the body and there's two that are above the head as well that are even more spiritual that have to do with that connection to God, which is a very, um, it's, it's the Yehida means oneness. It connects to, to the oneness of you. Ultimately, we are all connected as one with God. Um, so we carry around with an, within us those levels of the soul. Um, and, and th- those levels of the soul are, um, even though they're not physical, they each have their function in terms of connection to the liver, to the heart, to the mind, and then what's above it, right? And and those five levels of the soul, if you take the, the letter five, uh, that represents five, which is the letter hey, the fifth letter of the of the Hebrew alphabet. So the letter five uh, or hey, um, when you say hey, it's like an H. It's now. That if God, when God breathed five uh, levels of the soul into us, 
he breathed that same sound, the sound of So he breathed the hay into us, which means he breathed the five levels of the soul into us through God's breath, so to speak. That's how he created the first man. And everything we learn about how God created the first man is also how he creates every one of us every moment. So every breath that I take is I'm I'm, I'm a new person. I'm I'm being reborn every moment because if, if I didn't, if I didn't breathe, then I would die. So I'm breathing in those five levels of the soul, so to speak, every time I take another breath. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's fascinating. And it just makes so much sense with, with everything we know. I mean, you, know, you talked about the soul is connected to the body through the blood, right? Uh, so as someone begins to pass on, how does all this function as far as like, is there like a consolidation and then we're gone or how's that work? Well, when a person passes, when a person passes away, there is some level of the soul that resides for a certain amount of time uh, over the physical body. Hmm. But uh, it really, it, it, it ultimately really it's, it is the extinguishing of the, the candle, so to speak, the soul is then goes up and resides in a much higher place with God in a non-physical realm. And that's where it goes through what's called a tikkun, a certain a fixing of whatever errors we've made. And we, we're, we, we feel the spirituality without any block of the body that has its desires that pulls us away. And the, the soul is then experienced in a very pure way, which is ultimately what it was longing to do its whole yeah, life, yeah. but it was connected to the body because our actions have so much of an effect on the soul that we ha- we're given, God willing, 120 years here to shape the way our soul will be when we move to the next world. Mm-hmm. So that soul that that was within us, it does move on. There's there's more complicated process that goes on during the death process, uh, but. <clears throat> For example, uh, when somebody uh, is is at their deathbed, um, it may seem like they're completely out of it, but their soul is actually quite awake and going through a, a whole process. And uh, I know people who uh, w- look like they were out of it and they would never come back to, to, to communicate again, but someone they love came in the room and said some psalms and they like woke up a little bit during that period of time because the soul is connected still until it's finally moved up into the next Amen. world. Amen. Amen. Uh, this time I want to play a song from David's first album. It's called A Journey to the Real You. That's a song we're going to play. So I'll be right back after this song. Journey to the
mystic journey to the other side of your mind. Discover the unique design. See the wonders of your body and your soul. The science you were never told. The secrets of creation. The destination journey to the real you. time for today's portion of this great interview you've been listening to david green's song (laughs) a journey to the real you that that's an awesome song you can order that song as well as the entire album a journey to the real you by dropping down to the show notes clicking the link right there and while you're down there order his book pictures of your soul i mean this book is absolutely awesome you'll the the pictures in here just they just bring you right into the setting. You can feel the emotions. You can feel the love. You can you can see life in the eyes of these people that, that they've taken pictures of. It's really a great book. It really is. Just use the links down below. Click the link right there. Order your book. 
order a copy of David's album, A Journey to the Real You, and be sure to come back for the next episode. This was such a great interview. This is three parts that we'll be talking, uh, three different episodes we'll be talking with David Green. So be sure to come back for the next one. Till then, this passed about Ryan, and you be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.